show of don't get this twisted i am rob along with my guest uh my host as always tina how you doing tina i'm good rob how are you oh obviously wanting to introduce the guest that's going to be here today because i think you should do it then i i should (laughs) um we're going to have on my friend and fellow ex-wrestler tony drake who is a fitness guru now because (laughs) he's uh found his way to losing weight and keeping it off and he is amazing looking now which is you know i'm quite jealous of that so how you doing tony (laughs) well thank you for that i appreciate it i'm doing absolutely phenomenal and um i am very very grateful to be here i'll tell you that i know we it's been a while um since we were going to link up but now that we're here it's like all right let's go thought about it all day today yeah you know i was thinking about it all day yesterday at work so for me it was like this whole thing of trying to put things together it's my poor work they they get they get me at like the day before shows they get me at about you know 75 percent. there's another 25 percent of me like going okay i gotta get this done i gotta get this done (laughs) but um you know you sent me a, a a youtube link which i thought i would take a gander at several times because i wanted to hear different things in it to kind of you know, get some questions for you. And, uh, mm-hmm. it's amazing. Like, you, you know, I, for one, I didn't realize like you're way younger than me <laughs> by a lot, <laughs> which means like when we were wrestling, like you were, I mean, a lot younger than me, like you were, and you're like, I was like beating up a 20 year old. It was like <laughs> crazy, mm-hmm. but, um, I, I liked your story and like, I'm going to let you tell your story kind of here. And so we don't have to send people to your YouTube right away. Mm-hmm. Well, at least let them listen to you here. Um, tell me a little bit about like how everything did start, like the beginning, beginning. Yeah. So when I, I'll start when I was like 12 years old, because that's when mm-hmm. things really started to take precedence um, with my weight issue. Um, at that time, I was 255 pounds, but I was like five foot six, right? So I was a short kid and just wide. Um, mm-hmm. The first day of sixth grade, I'll never forget, I ran across my then classmate and walking into sixth grade, junior high, the first three words I hear are, damn, you're fat. And that for me, I was just like, oh, because like I'm trying to get interested in, you know, dating girls and, um, you know, just having that pre-teenage life, but being 255 pounds, it came with <clears throat> the absolute reverse. I was dissed by girls left and right. Um, I was bullied. I was spit on. Um, where I grew up at, uh, or where I later moved to, I ended up, um, it was a lot of gangs, right? And and so there was these guys who I would always cross paths with. And, and I'll never forget one time I was crossing paths with one of the guys and his friends and I was going to my house and next thing you know, I just see this flying soda just coming at me. Dude just threw his whole soda at me, barely missed me. And I'm just like, for what? Right. So being bullied when I was 12 years old, this fat kid, this easy target um, stuck with me ever since. And so I masked it, you know, just smiled. I wanted to have friends. I wanted to date girls. And I was just rejected. I was taken advantage of, and it just really bothered me. And and so that's where it all began at 12 years old. So 
I mean, obviously being bullied is an epidemic all over the place. And I, I know it's probably slowing down a little bit now. Um, when my kid was in school, he saw it a little bit. Um, high school, definitely. You know, you know, how did you get through day by day? Yeah. Like, what was your what was your push? Yeah. So I was the youngest of four. I'm the youngest of four boys. So my older brothers, they were already out of the house. So it was myself and my mom. So my outlets were running the junk food, playing video games and watching wrestling. So uh, growing up since you know five years old, I was watching Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, George Steele, Macho Man. And I watched with my grandmother. And so that was like my big like reality or fantasy time because I was so into that. Right. So it distracted me from reality. And and that's where I just took so much more interest in professional wrestling because it made me feel different. Like I believe it's somebody else at that time. And it took the focus off of me. But I kept getting bigger and bigger as I got older from 12 years old. Let's see how. So obviously, sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, uh, middle school is a horrible place. It's such a it, it is a, a kind of a. It, everything gathers up and, and it just settles and sits and people do get shitty and crazy. Mm-hmm. And so as you as you went through middle school, you, you got to high school. Did you play any sports in high school? I did. I, I did try a little bit of wrestling, but just didn't like the tights. I couldn't do the tights. Right. Then. <laughs> so I stopped that. Which is funny because I, you know, <laughs> you, you went forward and it goes forward how you get into that, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, played some football. Um, and then I did okay. shot put discus my senior year in high school and then played a little bit of junior college football. So, so obviously strength conditioning was at least part of that. Mm-hmm. So you, you because I remember when I met you, you, you know, you were heavy, but you were big, mm-hmm. like you were wide. And mm-hmm. and I always thought like, you know, dude, this guy's going to kill me because I, I mean, I'm, I'm a pretty big dude myself. But, you know, you, you get in in into wrestling and you, you see the the bigger people. Um, so did in high school, did, did you get the bullied part or was it more just you just skated through and kind of did your own thing? I was bullied for about. 10 to 12 years. So it continued on in high school. Didn't happen as much as it did when I was younger, mm-hmm. but even in like my junior college. That's awesome. I got to, again, kids, got to love them. Yes. 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 Can you close the door? Um, so I, yeah, gotta, so, I love so, live shows like this. Yeah, great. <laughs> me too. <laughs> um, so even in junior college, right. I was even teasing. It was, it was this guy, it was a particular guy that really just had his eye out for me. And I'm not trying to play the victim role, but I was no, no. still a little bit heavier. Um, and it, it was almost like he just wanted somebody to take his, his anger on. And it was just more mm-hmm. of like name calling. It was more of like cheap shots. And we we're on the same team playing junior college football. So when I was 12, all the way up until I was about, I'd say about 20, 21 years old, like the bullying just, you know, whether it was like wow. 
attack on my name. Um, you know, I got bullied by family members. You know, you'll never be anything in life. And I was like, I want to be in professional wrestling. And they were like, man, you're all fat. You're not going to be no professional wrestler. Right. My grandmother told me that I had tits. Right. I was like, I'm having chest pain. She's like, no, you have breasts because you're fat. You have pain in your breast. Right. So it Yikes. lasted years, whether it was name calling, right. whether it was, you know, people throwing sodas and Slurpees, whether I was being spit on. It just lasted for a long time. And so it stuck with me, but I always masked it. Sure. Well, I think that that's a natural thing, too. I think mm-hmm. we all mask things that that bother us or are like weighing heavy on us. Mm-hmm. I think that's just a, a person thing. And I, I wouldn't, you know, it's not healthy, obviously, but I think a lot of us do it. So you 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 get through to junior college and you obviously still have you having some issues. How did you fall into pro wrestling? So it's always been a dream of mine ever since I saw Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, right? When I was five years old. Um, the way I got into it was when I was in high school, one of my good friends who's now my best friend, he wanted to promote. He wanted to be a promoter, right? Okay. So sorry about that. Let me just close the door. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> you you know it's funny Tina we, we're we're talking about uh, being bullied and and I think during our time in school obviously bullying was was a lot more prevalent um thankfully I didn't have to deal right, with it so, but um, I, my, well, okay, my, my best friend his name is Mark Gear and he wanted to be a promoter and so he was like man we were watching we would go on our phone on three way me him and and my my best friend Mike. Three way. We'd watch Nitro and we watch Raw. And so he was uh-huh. like, "Man, like, I want to get into this." And so he connected with a guy after we went to like a, a live event here in San Diego, and the guy was passing out flyers. And like, if you want to be involved in this wrestling school, like, sign up. And so that's where it started. And so once it started from there, I started uh, training up in Bakersfield and then doing some stuff down here in San Diego, and that's where it all began back in like ninety nine, two thousand. Okay, so yeah, because I started in '94, so that that I do have a few years on you when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. So the the wrestling thing, obviously, you know, when you start training, it's a whole other monster. Being um, heavy, I'm sure, had to be a whole thing. You know, learning how to bump and learning how to f- take falls. Did you get any of that hazing or anything in pro wrestling? Did anyone kind of stick to you with with being heavy or did it kind of, you know, kind of mellow out once you got into that part of it? Uh, It mellowed out just for a little while. Um, I I would always, I guess, you know, using the term blow up during the matches. Like I remember Mm -hmm. one of my first matches, I had eight cheeseburgers before I wrestled. (laughs) Why? I don't know. And so from there, I was always getting tired. I didn't know a lot about conditioning. I didn't know how to take Mm -hmm. care of my body. And so. I just kept trying and trying and having these short matches. And then around 2003, 2004, um, Rick Bassman, um, UPW, this was, he was the head Mm -hmm. of UPW and he knew that I wanted to wrestle in Japan or WWF or WWE. And he told me, he said, Hey, Slim, he said, if you ever want to make it to WWF or Japan, he's like, they won't take you looking like the way you do and mm-hmm. that just hit so hard. And and I'm like, really? You know, and he's like, yeah, like if you, you got to have an image, you got to look different from everybody else if you want to make it. 
and it hurt, but it hit so hard. And that was one of the best things he's ever told me because from there, I literally started to change my mindset and body. Yeah. Cause Rick was who he ran UPW, which was kind of a farm league for the WWE or he had connections with guys there. So mm-hmm. there was always WWE guys running through there and having matches with guys. And he was a body guy. He liked muscular. He was a big guy himself for being so short. Mm-hmm. Um, but, th- but that is kind of a good thing. Like he, the guys who worked for him at that time were definitely in shape or on their way to that. So, yeah, yeah I mean, it, it's funny how one little thing will make a spark to, to make you jump to this like, oh, man, I, I got to go. Because obviously you wanted to get to another level and mm-hmm. go, getting to that other level, w- regardless of what sport or job or whatever, you do have to, you know, make that conscious decision to change right. and and change is hard. It, it is. I mean, on every level, I think change is hard. So, so you got into wrestling, you obviously Rick kind of set you off there. Then you said you, you worked in Japan. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so I worked That's in Japan. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. I knew Mexico. Cause I know you went down there with, with all good and, and Pierce and all those guys and, yeah. and wrecked havoc in, in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being in being American in Mexico is a whole other monster. So you were you were bad guys just rolling into town. Japan must have been a kind of an interesting thing because being big in Japan, mm-hmm. it, whether muscular or over, you know, overweight or bigger, you know, mm-hmm. you're it, it's a you must have been just a, a monster there. That must have been a fun time. <laughs> it was it was really fun. And, and the other thing, too, is is. By the time I got to Japan, I already lost 80 pounds. So in 2006, that's when the transition. Shit. Yeah. So from November 7, 2005 to 2006, I lost 80 pounds, transformed my whole body and mindset. But I wouldn't have had it done if my older brother, Dorian, didn't train me. He taught me about all the workouts. And then my now wife, she taught me all about the nutrition side of things. And so while my body started changing and I was still doing wrestling shows, Adam Pierce took me under his wing, helped me out. Brian mm-hmm. Alcatraz Fleming took me under his wing and helped me out. So those were my two guys who really helped me excel in wrestling. And so when I was still doing shows here in SoCal, um, Scorpio Sky and, and another guy, Bosch, Kush Bosch, uh, introduced me to mm-hmm. SEMA. And SEMA was the guy that was running in Dragon Gate, Japan. And so when I submitted my pictures and I had my hair out in the Afro at the time, they were like, we want you to come to Japan. So I changed my body, changed my mindset, changed my look. And that's when I went out there uh, and wrestled in Japan. And not only being a big dude, but being a big black dude was a very rare occasion. Mm-hmm. So they were like, who is this dude with gold grill in his mouth? An Afro with a pick <laughs> in his hair. Like, oh, my God, he's about to come terrorize us. So, yeah, it yeah. was fun. That, that, that's cool. Because, I mean, that's kind of an interesting um thing that most guys can't say even you know on any level of, of wrestling to go to japan is kind of a uh they take certain people in japan they don't mm-hmm. just let you go there so you know you should that you know that's a nice pick in your afro mm-hmm. <laughs> so how long were you there in japan so i went there believe it or not i actually had a full-time job as well so what i would do is i would go in two week iterations so i'd go out there for about two weeks fly back home work my day job for like a month, two months, build us some more vacation time and go back out there. So I went out there oh, on wow. four different occasions, two week iterations. Yeah. 
nice oh, two-week mm-hmm. tours that 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 flight's a a fun one yeah yeah 16 hours yeah yeah that's a, you know that's pretty good so you, you come back you're you're winding down so when you knew your wife and or were you married while you were wrestling no so no. you got married okay yes. so you were dating so you're, you're winding down your wrestling career like any of us old timers and you decide it's time to to hang up the boots and, you know, live a, a regular life. Mm-hmm. You, you you have this girlfriend who's now you decide to get married. Mm-hmm. This this also changes your life, I'm sure, heavily because getting mm-hmm. married is a whole other a whole other thing. Um, how long were you married before you found out you were going to have a kid? Uh, so eight years. So we were married eight years at okay. the time. And then that's when things decided to change. Um, believe it or not, we weren't going to have kids. Like me growing okay. up the way I did without a father. And just now, later on, meeting my father. And just the way how everything turned out, I was like, I don't want to be a dad. Like, I never want to have kids <laughs> if it's going to be like this, right? And so, but thank goodness I had a father figure. And so, he was the kindest, most gentle guy I've ever met. And so, I look at him as my dad. And during our marriage, myself, uh, my wife and I, she, she was kind of on the same page. She was like, yeah, I don't really want to have kids. And then later on, it was like she had, um, her sister had a daughter. And then it turned into, I never want to have kids to, well, we do great if we don't, great. And then when she saw her niece, she's like, okay, I want to have a, a child too. <laughs> and I was like, yep. cool, let's let's do it. Because by this time, we were matured in our marriage eight years in. We've done a lot of things. I finished my wrestling. You know, she's a nurse now, registered nurse. And so it's like, okay, what's the next chapter in our life, right? So then when we decided to have our daughter, believe it or not, I've already ballooned my weight back up to about 308 pounds before we had our daughter, right? So now we're talking about chapter two, right? So I lost 80 pounds, changed my life, did wrestling for 12 years, conquered everything in professional wrestling, along with six concussions and bad back injuries, whatever Mm. we get when we finish wrestling. But then it was Mm -hmm. like, okay, working my day job in computer software engineering. Now it's going to be chapter two, we're having a daughter. So I'm like, I can't be this dad who's mm-hmm. big and feeling uncomfortable. And sure. so that's when things started to change again. It, you know, it's funny because the, your story of having a kid is exactly what happened to me. Mm-hmm. I was like, mm, I don't know. I don't know if I want to have a kid. Then my damn brother had one <laughs> and I saw how he changed. And mm-hmm. I was like, ah, I want to have a kid. And my ex-wife was five years older than me and mm-hmm. I was 30 and she was like, if we're going to do this shit, we better do it now because <laughs> I'm running out of time. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's interesting, though, but I, I see where you're coming from because you want to be able to play with your kid. And and when they're little, they go mm-hmm. like they're mm-hmm. nonstop machines. Mm-hmm. And and it, and it's funny that you, you say that because I have a picture of me when my son was a, a lot younger. I think he was probably in grade school and it's a picture of me and I was heavy and. And I had lost weight since then too, because I was probably up to like two eighty five at one point, and I was like, "Yeah," and he was running circles around me. I was blown up, <laughs> like <laughs> he was blowing me up, dude, to where I was just like, oh, "Okay, I got to do something." So, um, I, I see where you're coming from. 
so now you're you're having a baby that now obviously as a man changes you mm-hmm. and i think having a daughter changes you more mm-hmm. yeah because <laughs> i have a son even though i raised two girls that were older you know you're you're gonna change as a human being now what tenfold mm-hmm. um and i can see it just who you are you talking to you and really I'm sure I, for yeah. sure, Tina. And, you know, because you you've raised a, a daughter where it's it's a different it's a different thing for sure. It is. You said something that I thought was kind of cool. You said you you wanted to be able to run with your daughter when she said, Daddy, come on, let's run. So you must be raising her to have a lot of fitness and a lot of exercise in her life being that she is for, and you're already looking at that. Do you see changes in how she is from where you were when you were little? Um, great question. So I, I see changes in her because she more so like on the musical art side, but she loves to, go outside and and play and be active and run. And it's kind of like a princess and a tomboy mixed in a one. And I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the one thing that I do want to instill in her based off of what I went through is to have her take more of like self-defense class, right? So the activity or the being active is definitely going to be included in that. But I don't want her to ever go through what I went through. Right. Yeah. Being bullied. And so um, I do see her being very active now. Um, we make sure that, you know, the foods that she eats are, are very healthy. But of course, you know, snacks and goldfish and all those things she has as well. <laughs> but I mean, this girl is running around in circles all day. And I love it. That's great. And I, I do believe that if you want to teach your child to be active, you have to encourage that from the beginning, the very beginning. So mm-hmm. I think it's cool that you're doing that because I don't think she'll, I don't think she'll go through the same issues that you had to go through mm-hmm. because she won't know that there's a difference that you could be sedimentary or you could be out and running around. She's just always done it. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good foundation for her. It is. And when she sees videos, she knows that uh, daddy's exercising. If I'm not at the house, she asks mommy, is daddy exercising? Right. So she affiliates mommy or daddy with exercising. And if I have like my ab wheel out, she'll try to do it too. Like, and you know, we'll do stuff together, squats and push ups. So she knows like, okay, like this is exercise time. And so I think just putting that in her continuously will really give her a good future ahead when it comes to taking care of her body. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. A great foundation for sure. I love the idea of self-defense. I think um, uh, in general, I think most people should do it. Um, yeah. And again, not not a shot at women, but women for sure. I think judo, um, you know, any kind of jujitsu, something on the Raising ground. Raising my where, daughter, we had her in self-defense classes and, and uh-huh. stuff like that. And I don't think it did anything but positive by her anytime you could take care of yourself or you have what you need to get out of a situation that's that's great especially being a woman mm-hmm. yeah yeah like i said i think jujitsu is a, a great one because it it's you're okay on the ground it it makes you think if someone has me on the ground i'm not at a disadvantage i'm at an advantage mm-hmm. <laughs> right 
and and another thing too is is not to dive too deep into it, but we took we took Krav Maga as well, and that in itself, I, I at this time when I was taking Krav Maga, I was about three hundred pounds, and so I would you know do practice or um, spar with men, and but I saw women practicing with women, and they would go real light on each other, and I'm like, that's not a real life scenario, right? Let no. me go over there and practice with the women to give you the real life scenario. And I'm telling you, their intensity went up. So if it's a guy attacking a girl or a woman and, you know, how do you get out of that? Right. So definitely having our daughter into crop where there's going to be a lot of bullying. There's going to be a lot of, you know, multiple people attacking one. Of course, jujitsu is phenomenal because yeah, a lot of fights go to the ground, but what happens when there's two on one, when there's three on one, if somebody has a weapon, Right now, you got an eye gouge, bite. You got to kick in certain areas that a lot of other disciplines may not teach. Mm-hmm. So when it's like survival mode, self defense, then it's like getting that in her head now because you know people get abducted. What happens sure. then? Right. So we're, we we want to be able to have her master the, the ground game and also the stand up game and awareness. Yeah, that and that is big. Where yes, more multiple people because that is reality. Mm-hmm. People need to understand that. And I love that idea. I'm sorry, Tina, to cut you off. No, I um, also think it's good for her, um, her self-esteem. Anytime a woman feels empowered to be able to take care of herself, that that raises the level of self-esteem that she's going to have. And I think that that may have been something that you didn't have, you know, because I was always a big person and I was the tomboy and the really girly girl right. as well. But I would use anything I had to. If somebody came at me or, or you know, t- tried to tell me I couldn't do something or wouldn't do something. Mm-hmm. I I didn't allow that. I so I had a, I have a hard time understanding the bully bullying because when Rob told me, I said, "Where were his friends? Like we mm-hmm. we used to beat up on people that acted like that. Like I." Wonder where were those people in your world? Yeah, so my my friends, like I have my my junior high school friends, but you know we would walk around together. But there was never anything really happening there. The only thing that happened when I was with my friends is when somebody put a sign on my back that said "Lard Ass," and so he uh-huh. just took it off. But when it came to physical type of threats, they weren't around, right? Like when I got the soda thrown at me, um, he nobody else was around, and so wow. Yeah. So it, it was literally more like when I was just by myself, just being that easy target. Right. You must have been very sweet, though, because mm-hmm. you didn't fight back. Most people would get pissed off and fight back. You must have had like a really kind heart, just mm-hmm. took it all in, but then abused yourself at the same time. Right. Because I just wanted to have friends, also wanted to date girls and just wanted to be liked by everybody at that time. And so I did have people who I did have friends. Right. And um, I did have people who liked me, but there were those few that just turned the other way and and just hiding it and running to junk food was my outlet or running to video games or running to, to watching wrestling. And even one time when I was at seven 11 playing a video game, like this dude just came and just sucker punched me in the face because somebody spreaded a rumor about me. So I'm over here playing video games and he just came in with a good hook right to my face. And I'm like, what are you doing? But I was also afraid of retaliation because we were told mm-hmm. like, if you retaliate, they can come back and shoot you. Cause remember in the nineties games were like prevalent at mm-hmm. that time. Oh yeah. So Huge. I was afraid to do anything. That makes sense. Wow. You know, you don't, you, 
better to take one on the jaw and walk away than get shot. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, I know and it's a it's a scary you know thing to grow up in. Mm-hmm. So obviously now your life has progressed, um, and then I start seeing these videos of you because uh, obviously being friends on Facebook mm-hmm. and you know all our old friends of wrestling, you keep up with people, and I started seeing these videos pop up on my feed and i was like who is this super muscular dude who's who's got these veins running through his arms actually i said i think i know that guy secondly i was like look at all those great fucking tattoos (laughs) that's the first thing i said because like you you know i i have i have lots and lots and lots of them and i was like oh my god look at tony he's got some badass tattoos and then i was like look at the arms they're on so obviously you've changed and I was like, I got to see what this guy's into. Mm-hmm. So I started obviously following you and see all these cool videos. Obviously mm-hmm. you've taken this to a business and you've made mm-hmm. this your life. Tell us a little something about like that part of it now. Like what are we doing for you still? Obviously mm-hmm. other people, because I was like, Hey, can you do it this day? And you're like, I can't do it on Sundays, man. I got to do all this stuff with my job which I think is super awesome that you're helping these people mm-hmm. via up close, personal video. Tell us about the business side now. Yeah. So the business side is, is coaching other people to literally help them reclaim their lives. I know what that's like, right? Going from fat to fit, back to fat and then fit again. But this time, once I realized how to do it and make it a lifestyle, I took what everything I've learned from the past and then apply that to other people as well who are going through some similar issues or stuff that I've never been through as well. But it all starts with the mentality, the mindset. So in 2019, 2020, when I started to coach people and they start to see my transformation again, going from fat to fit again, they were like, how are you doing this? So I just started naturally talking about it. And then that, that hobby or whatever turned into a passion and that passion turned into a business. So now I do online coaching and I coach people from all over the world. Um, I use all the social media outlets. TikTok is like the biggest one for me. And so that TikTok following turned into people following me on Instagram and Facebook. And they were like, I've seen your transformations. I've seen other people's transformations. Can you help me too? And I'm like, I'm going to help you change your life. Get rid of the addictions, change your body, change your mindset. And this way you can go make an impact on other people's lives, just like I made an impact on your life. And they're like, okay, let's go. And then from there, it's just been it, the, the passion. Just It's not even work. It's just passion. And, and that passion turns into excitement now. And, and it's just to see the people's lives that's been impacted for greatness. It's, it's so rewarding. And, and so when I, when I get up every day, 2.45 in the morning, my structure wow. now is to take care of myself first, take care of my family, take care of my team. Then it's family time. Go to sleep. Repeat. So it's very disciplined and they see that and they're like, okay, if this nut bag over here is doing it, like I got to make these changes. And when they see that success, man, it's, it's just phenomenal. That It's pretty amazing. Cause you know, I get up at four in the morning and do things that, cause I have a puppy and I walk Whoa. in and do things with him. Um, I, I used to look at, I used to look at my phone, you know, getting up in the morning and walk by and I was like, this motherfucker's making coffee at 3 a.m. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? And then I we talked one time before this is and he's like, 
yeah, I, I see you making coffee. And I was like, two, I mean, two forty-five in the morning. That's that's a that's discipline, and mm. and obviously it shows. So, um, how, when I if I want to get involved with you, so I will obviously I can go to your website, and we're going to give all your links and your your mm. socials out. So you, you basically just put a program together for individuals. Is that how I see it? Yeah. So I put a program work. It's a customized meal plan perfected with calorie and macro breakdown. So this way, and, and let me say this, uh, let me just start off by this. I never put anyone on diets because once you get on a diet, you typically get off a diet, right? So when I'm mm-hmm. preaching and talking about lifestyle, it's like, here's going to be your calorie intake and your macronutrient intake, your, your protein, fats, and carbohydrates. That's how much you're going to take in per day. But we're also going to talk about time restrictions. So now we're doing intermittent fasting. So when you apply intermittent fasting into this regimen, this whole new lifestyle, it's not just about, oh, okay, I can't eat during that time and starve myself. It's not that. What it is, is time restriction. So if you have a numeric restriction and time restriction, you have choices now. Right. If you want to do keto, if you want to do vegan, vegetarian, you could choose whatever you want. Just stick within these time frames and then this numeric range. And then from there, when I break that meal plan down with the, with all that information in the shopping list, and then you have a customized workout plan, whether it's at home or at the gym or a hybrid of both. Now you know exactly what to do because you look at your phone and you're like, oh, snap, like the videos are there in order for me to do what I need to do. OK, so there's no guessing work. It's all done. And then from there, every Monday, I have my whole team weigh in. So now here comes the accountability, right? So when you weigh in every morning or every Monday morning, first thing fasted, I get the most accurate results. So now I'm looking at your body fat, your muscle mass, your basal metabolic rate, right? And also your metabolic age. Let me stop there real quick. A lot of people don't know about their metabolic age. I'm 44 years old, but my metabolic age says that I'm 36. So I'm actually reversing my age where others may have be 44 years old and their metabolic age is 52. So they're aging faster. So also teach Mm -hmm. and educate them on how their lifestyle is going and how we can help reverse that, that aging process so they can feel better. And then it, it literally helps their energy go from down here to like sky high and they start to feel that. So when they get the accountability, the custom meal plan, the custom workout plan, weekly check-ins and now I have a Facebook group where the whole community is there. And now it's all about family. So that's what my programming consists of. Awesome. I I think that is a big thing is being part of something um, definitely helps because you feel like you can lean on other people. Mm -hmm. Especially Um, right now with just coming out of COVID and mm -hmm. people haven't had any interactions or accountabilities to others. I think that's a good part to your program. Mm-hmm. And, and then group coaching calls, right? So every Sunday morning at nine, I'll have our coaching calls and it's, it's literally a different topic, right? And then there's also Q&A. So mindset is really the biggest thing. And so I'll ask my fam and I'll say, look, like, what is something that you're currently going through? And tomorrow's event is going to be self-repression. Like when you beat yourself up, like, man, I'll never be anything. I'm not worth it. How do you get out of that self-repression and go on to self-mastery? Right. Taking those steps. So each week it's a different topic. This way, it's like you start your week off fresh and you keep going through that every week, every week. And now you have an accountability partner. You have me as your coach. And so now, even though we're all virtual, we still feel connected because that that vibration knows no location. So Mm -hmm. you have that good energy amongst each other. 
and it just elevates everybody. And it's just been, it, I don't know, I got goosebumps right now because it's just so cool to see the results of people that I've been coaching. And it's just like all about them. It's, it's yeah, I can keep going on and on, but also. <laughs> no, 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 it's good. Um, I, I, I loved, there's a tagline that you said during your video. And I think that it's, it's a great one. And um, it's progress <laughs> or excuses. Mm -hmm. And, and you, you hit that shit right on the head because that is it. You, you can always find an excuse mm -hmm. and, and it's easy to find an excuse. And I think that, you know, your, your, what you're teaching people is, is when, when you see the progress, the excuses go away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and Cause you can't make and it, and excuses it, and progress at the same time. You got, you, no. you can't, you got to choose one. And, and when you see that progress, it's, and I think you can tell even in your smile, you're, mm -hmm. you're changing people's lives. I think that's a, a great thing. Yeah. You um, look really happy. Mm -hmm. It's fun. <laughs> I, I love it. Like, yeah, I am extremely happy. Um, and it shows, I, th I think in your other videos, your personal things that I see, um, I, I saw one, one day and I have a little puppy dude and he's little, he's only eight months old mm -hmm. and he'll drag me around. He's only 40 pounds, but I saw your daughter walking your dog. Mm -hmm. And in my head, because I look at my little puppy that he'll drag me all over and here's your dog just do walking <laughs> with your the leash in your daughter's hand mm -hmm. i was like for a second i got my heart jumped i was like man i hope that dog doesn't drag her down the street <laughs> but obviously your dog's a little older mm -hmm. so uh, i'm assuming but I, I see those videos and and to me knowing you personally and obviously sharing a ring with you mm -hmm. it, which is a whole other thing that we're going to talk about on another show or another podcast with somebody else you know, the trust you put in another human being to pick you up and throw you around is one thing. Right. Um, to see the personal side, because there's it, as a wrestler, you have a few friends and a lot of acquaintances. And so the, the people that we've met in this business that when they see you, the first thing they ask you is how the family is, not how your last match was. Mm -hmm shows me a whole bunch of things and 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 i'll put you in that where you you and adam and a select few of guys that would be like brian obviously mm -hmm. how are how's life and and i think that's a big deal and how i see you now in your videos that you're living and you're happy and your life has changed mm -hmm. both for you and other people and I, that's kind of why i wanted to have you on um because you've changed as a human and there is big smiles all the time. Mm -hmm. And, but the, the promos that you cut and I'll call them that only because that's what I see them as, yeah. but they're really not They're They're personal things that you're telling people, even though they're not part of your program that look, you can be, you can do this. And I think that's amazing too, that you're, that you're pushing people from all sides, um, whether they're, old wrestling fans or new people that see your change that, that you just want people to be healthy and not go through what you did. And I mm -hmm. think that's an amazing thing, Tony. And I'm, I'm really, really glad that, that you've moved forward past your past and you're trying to make people's futures. Mm -hmm. And your own. Hey. 
because you had enough excuses. You really did. Like anybody would understand if you didn't change your life because of what you went through, Mm -hmm. but you didn't use any of that as an excuse. That's for sure. Right. And that, and that's why when, when I speak with people on a daily basis, whether it's people who want to jump into the program or people who are already part of it, it's very easy to understand and be more personable because I know what it's like. And not only I know what it's like one time, but I went through it twice. So whether it's something emotional, whether it's physical, whether it's family, I have people saying like, look, like my, my relative is not feeling too great. I might have to jump off the program for now. Right. And I'll even tell them like, look, like I get it. it it's, I know it's a business, but look, it may not be this part of the program that we're doing, but still stick around because I want that that communication to be there. Just know that you have all of us as your support. So stick here and let's continue to to communicate because I still want you to get through this. I don't want you to go back to where you started when you first called me. Right. Mm-hmm. So that support is still there because it's just caring. Yeah. Just caring about that individual because I know what they've gone through. Mm hmm. Hey, I'm going to throw out your socials here real quick while we're still talking. Uh, Facebook page is Coaching by Drake number three. Mm-hmm. Your Facebook group, I love this one, Rise, Grind, and Conquer, or mm-hmm. at Rise, Grind, Conquer. Mm-hmm. Twitter, Coaching by Drake. Instagram, Coaching by Drake. Uh, your YouTube channel, Coaching by Drake. Mm-hmm. So everyone here, oh, and www.coachingbydrake.com. All these links will also be in the show notes so you can go there go check out all his stuff for sure um i got a personal question yes sir because uh, this always comes by through people in our old business you have six concussions i've had four Mm -hmm. um and thankfully no damage to my my back my neck is a little screwy i have Mm -hmm. some um i have some bone spurs that thankfully won't uh damage me if if you if someone asked you about the wrestling business to get into it what would you tell someone today would you would you tell someone to get in or would you tell them not to i would ask them questions i want to find out if they're doing it as a passion like if this is something that they really want to do right i wouldn't want to tell them what they should do or what they shouldn't do but if it's more of an uh uh a mindset of like, I just want to do it to be cool and get the girls. Then you're not in it for the right reason. But yeah. if you grew up watching it, if you're like, this is the only thing that I want to do. I watched it all the time. I studied it. I've literally turned this passion into something that I want to do and make it a career. Then by all means, I would encourage that. Right. But also let them know that there, there is going to be setbacks. There will be hard times. There will be times where you want to quit. And when you go through that, just remember what your purpose is. Your purpose is to make this a career. So if you could take that passion and know that there's going to be things that's going to come ahead, that's going to hit you, just be ready. But just remember that it's your purpose that you want to fulfill. That's a good answer. Uh-huh. I wasn't I wasn't thinking that was going to come out of you. That, that's good. <laughs> so um, anything you would like to, to add to this, Miss Tina? No, I'd just like to thank you for coming on. I've enjoyed watching the video that, that Rob sent me and and being able to talk to you. Thank you. So I thank you for you coming out. Mm-hmm. Thank you. 
Tony, uh, I think you're doing amazing things. You, you look incredible. Um, I'm glad you're changing people's lives. I think it's important. Yeah, making I think a difference. All our, all our listeners need to head over to all his socials. Check it out. Get part of this. If you're if you're having these issues where you you want a lifestyle change, and obviously it's not just physical with Tony, it's mental. He's trying to change you from the the inside out and the outside. So and that's I think that's an starts. amazing thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, it it shows. It it shows through your smile. You're you're very dedicated to this, and uh, I, I think that's an amazing thing, bro. Thank and you. Uh, I th- I thank you for coming on. And yes, uh, thank any you. last words from you? Um, I just want to thank you guys for taking the time out of your day to have me come on to the show, um, introducing myself into a new audience, right? And also reconnecting with you, Rob, from back in the day. It's always great to to connect again with brothers in the ring. Um, and for so, sure. you know, if anything, I would also say is that the, the last thing or the, the one of the main things that I would tell anybody is that you never want to compare yourself to other people. You always want to just focus on you versus you. The moment you start to compare yourself to other people, you'll lose. Stick to focusing on yourself and have a purpose. And when you have that purpose, that purpose turns into passion. That passion turns into progress. That progress turns into greatness. That's what you got to listen to just every day. Just focus on you. Nice. Awesome. There you go. Tony Drake, check out all his socials in the show notes. You go over there, check him out. And uh, yeah, thanks a lot, boss. All right. We will talk to you later. All right. I appreciate you. All right. All right.